my name is Chloe and welcome to Talk Truth Podcast. So today I have with me my friend Stacia. Stacia um, is a friend that I met at church. She is a worship leader with a beautiful voice. She's a wife, a mom of two boys who are 8 and 12, and she's also a director for Classical Conversations. Stacia, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So, okay, my first question is really tough. Are you ready? I hope so. Okay. What is at the top of your on-repeat playlist on Spotify? Well, I think I have two answers because that I have kids. They kind of rule the things that we listen to a lot. Oh, I bet. So if my kids were choosing what song we are going to listen to, it would probably be Into the Unknown. Do you know that song? Into the Unknown. <laughs> From Frozen 2. <laughs> If I were going to pick right now, a song that I really love is Graves Into Gardens. Oh. From Elevation. That is a good song. I like that one a lot. Well, the question from a listener is, who am I to God? And it's really cool that we got this question specifically because I think that a lot of young women especially struggle with their identity. I mean, that's not... I think identity is definitely not gender specific, but it's also something that people have looked in the wrong places for. So who am I to God is something that we can like turn the question around to find the actual answer, which is who is God to me, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. um, I love that we got this question as well, because I think um, that in order to to be able to, to decide who we are, to know who we are, we first have to know who we are because of who he is. And um, whenever we first talked about this topic, um, the, a book came to my mind by Jen Wilkin that I had read a few years ago um, called None Like Him. And she walks through um, 10 different ways, which we won't get to all of them today, but 10 different ways um, that God is different from us. So we can all identify with um, attributes of God like his love and his justice and um, human attributes that that we can identify with. But there are so many ways that God is different from us that we we will never be able to to achieve to be. Um, And so as I was reading through um, that book that I mentioned earlier, um, I I thought of a few that um, would apply to this conversation. And, And the first I thought of was that God is unlimited, that he is infinite and um any, anything that we struggle with in our identity, I think, comes from, from us thinking that, um, that we don't have limits. And, and I think knowing that we do have limits and that we serve a God that is unlimited um, helps us to just to not have that issue. Yeah. I think we've also kind of put his character attributes into a pie chart, you know, in, in saying that he's mostly love and that he's a little bit of wrath but instead he's all of those character attributes um, 100 percent. yeah we can't we can't pick and choose how much he is of all of those things he really is a whole pie chart of each and every one of them something that we could never be that reminds me of um i didn't write it down um for today but a quote from rc sproul um where he is kind of talking about talking through this concept of the things that that God is that we aren't, and um, we can be holy. Um, God can, you know, make us holy, 
um, through what he does in our lives, but um, in and of ourselves, we aren't holy. Yeah. And he has a sermon where he talks about God's holiness and that that's an attribute of God's in the Bible that is repeated three times. And there's, there's significance to that in the Jewish culture, which I'm not familiar with. Um, but when you read through the Bible, you can't think of an example that where God is said to be anything else but holy mm -hmm. those three times. Like God is not love, 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 or justice, 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 but he is holy, holy, holy. So that reminded me of that. Yeah. Um, and just going back to um, that God is infinite. In our understanding, we're always trying to set limits on things. And um, I wrote down for today, when I reach my limit of understanding, I worship God because there is nothing that he cannot understand. We can find rest in that and that, that he is not limited. I actually wrote down a whole bunch of stuff about Psalm 139, which is every... I feel like of all the women's conferences that I've been to, they're all talking about identity because we're yearning to find out who we are. Um, even people who aren't Christians are looking for that answer. And a lot of women, specific, like Christian women, they use Psalm 139 to talk about their identity and they pick and choose verses from it that like stand out that pertain to them. Um, but it's so funny because the whole chapter is really about who God is more than it's about who we are. There's really only like two verses and the two verses that talk about who we are are directly in relation to him and how he created us in his infinite nature. And I think that like you're right, we're not going to be able to, to understand by looking at God's word and seeing what he's writing about you know, himself, the truths that he is, uh, is exemplifying. We're, ne we're, we're constantly trying to put those human attributes on God. And yeah. he's never, he's not human. He's not finite. He's never going to, um, to be those things. So. Yeah. Another one I wrote down under his infiniteness is when I feel like all of life is spinning out of control, I worship God because he is sovereign and he is in control of all things. I love that. And that he promises that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And then another um, attribute of God um, from Jen Wilkins' book that he, she describes God's attributes in is incomprehensible. No one is an expert on God. Only God is. And in Psalm 145, it says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. There are going to be things we don't understand about God. There are mm -hmm. going to be you know, these theological conversations that are a, an agree to disagree type thing in, yeah. our, in our faith and that, and that that's okay and that we don't have to understand. Yeah. I think if we could understand God, then he would be a God that we created. Mm. If he, I, I mean, he is so heavenly that our earthly minds won't ever be able to understand him until we know him face to face. And that won't happen until we're in heaven. But I don't want to serve a God that I can wrap my mind around. Yeah. A created being isn't going to create its creator. It's a logical fallacy. It just doesn't happen. So to actually answer the question, who am I to God? We've talked a lot about God's infinite qualities that we won't ever be able to be or even wrap our minds around. Um, I also, we're just two peas in a pod because I, I am a reader, but I am a huge podcast listener. And this wasn't really a podcast, but it was um, Jen Wilkins speaking at a conference. And she talked about finding your identity um, is just kind of 
pointless if it's not done by identifying Christ first. And she says, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Or, I mean, my personal favorite wonder is Niagara Falls because I grew up going there. And when you're in those places or any place that makes you feel really small, you're for once not thinking about yourself because you're looking out at the beauty and the vastness and something that you you just really can't understand how it it happened or how big it is. And when we're when we're there, we're for once not thinking about ourselves because we're looking at something so great. And that's what it is when we find our identity in Christ. We're not it's not we're thinking less of ourselves, but we're thinking of God more and kind of just forgetting to think about ourselves because we're so taken by who he is. And so to answer the question, who am I to God, knowing how good and how holy, holy, holy he is and how um, infinite he is, to think that he would still find ways to create us and make us in his own image like Genesis 1 26 says then God said let us make man in our own image and according to our likeness when he did that he was giving us attributes that do look like his um, yeah we have a desire to have community we have emotions like like he did I mean even Jesus everybody's favorite verse John Jesus eleven thirty five. yeah Jesus wept <laughs> we have a conscience we know, I mean, you could go to a tribe on an island somewhere that has never been discovered, and there it's still going to be wrong to murder. We have a conscience and a desire to worship someone or something, and those are some those are qualities that God has given us that reflect him. And so we are made in his image, but that image has been marred because of the fall. So if we were to go to um, Genesis 3, um, it talks about how, Adam and Eve sinned, and because of their sin, all of creation has been um, affected and reaps the um, the pain and the suffering and and the the consequences of of that sin. But we too sin. I can't just blame it all on Adam and Eve because I do the same thing every single day. Romans three twenty three says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." We have Ephesians two one. It talks about, "And you were dead in your trespasses and sins." When you're dead in your sins, you are dead as dead as dead, and you can't help yourself. Um, you need someone to save you, and that's exactly what Christ did. He came and he he died and he died a horrible, horrible death, took all of our sin on his shoulders, and he hung there on the cross. Um, But he didn't stay in the grave when they put him there. He rose again three days later. And because of that resurrection, my and your belief in it and all those who believe, we can join him in heaven someday, but we also can become a new creation. Um, We don't Get to, we don't actually we don't even become a new creation we just are a new creation when you have faith in God there's nothing to become right um, we are going the more time we spend with God will become more like Christ but he's already inhabited our soul he's he's inside of of our fleshly bodies and he he guides us and walks through us through life he calls us beloved it reminds me of um, just even like the story of Lazarus like there's there was no in between it wasn't like he was dead and then he was like sort of alive mm-hmm. and then he was alive god brings us from from death to life it's of course we're going to have the process of of becoming more like him 
but he took somebody that who was was dead in their sin and brought them back to life. Yeah. So, Stacia, how do you think that this should affect how we live, knowing the truths of the gospel? I think it should affect you know every part of our lives, and is that is that the, isn't that the struggle of the Christian life? Is that you know how do we how do we live as as aliens you know on the earth that that we are in? We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. That's just a constant struggle for all of us. So, I mean, I think it starts from from turning from our sin, um, as Paul says, just like a dying daily um, to that sin struggle. Are we going to achieve that on this side of heaven? No. Like every, every day, um, any parent mom or mom listening, just like me, knows that every day is a struggle of you know, me and my sin, parenting my children. Just that constant struggle of uh, of living in submission to Jesus, to living in submission that he He is in control of my life, that yeah. he is the Lord of my life, not, not myself. I think he lets us sin so that we, even after we become that new creation, so that we know that we still need him mm-hmm. every day. If we became that new creation and all of a sudden never needed yeah, him again. I'm we, good. I'm good. I don't, yeah. yeah. We would be like the the Hebrews that were, you know, worshiping, building a golden calf to worship Mm. because Moses was up on the mountain receiving the law. They didn't have something to worship, so they created something to worship. Yeah. We can't worship our fallen finite selves. Mm. It reminds me of that um, analogy you gave a, a few minutes ago about the Grand Canyon. And if we're living our lives with ourselves in the center and, um, you know, that we are the most important thing in our lives, it's like, that we did stand at the edge of the Grand Canyon and we were thinking about how great that we are hmm. while we're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon. It's almost like, you know, who, who could think that way? Um, and that's, that's not how we're, that's not how we're created to live. Um, and just that the whole, how should you live conversation made me think of the book, um, by John Piper, don't waste your life. Um, and I read this quote from him earlier today. It says, you get one pass at life. That's all, only one. And the lasting measure of that life is Jesus Christ. So it's like, what, what did we do with Jesus? How did we grow to become more like him in yeah. his life? Love that boy, JP. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> you can listen to my podcast. <laughs> all right. Actually, that goes great into my last and final question for you. If you were on a desert island and you could take any book with you, what book would you take? Oh. Any book? Well, of course, the Bible, right? Oh. Well, I think the <laughs> Bible has to be there. But if the other book that I would pick, my favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, okay. okay. There's a lot of a lot of truth, a lot of uh, lessons to be learned. All right. Thank you so much, Stacia, for joining me. To our listeners, if you have a question for Talk Truth, go to talktruth.space and click on Ask a Question or DM Talk Truth on Instagram. And you can do that at Talk Truth Podcast. Thanks for listening and remember to talk truth.